Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very glad that you do that and that you do it for yourself because these shows really help to get us kind of on a path that causes us to enjoy our life, no matter how hard it is, and to also be proud of our life. And so when we talk about being truly an adult and what adults really are, I want you to think about what you would assume an adult was like. And so I have this example that kind of is twofold, actually. My husband um, had found out when he went to the doctor that he had multiple occlusions and all kinds of things going on in his body, blood clots, all kinds of things, which was horribly frightening. And so what transpired from that was I got to watch and see how this man really took charge of his own life and made sure that he was going to come out of it alive for the people that love him. And it was wonderful to see. So he, they had to crack open his ribs. You know, they had to do a quadruple bypass. They had to take veins out of his leg to harvest, to put it in a different place. I mean, it, this was unbelievable. And it went off without a hitch. And the doctor was thrilled out of his mind that he could clean up that many things and fix that many things. But you know what it was about? My husband was willing to be a grown-up and say, no matter how scary this is, no matter how much pain this is going to be, I have people that love me. I have a God that wants me and loves me. And I need to step up and make sure that I go in fully and take the best advantage of what God can give me through this doctor. And he has had a great recovery. Now, it was difficult watching him recover because he was in so much pain. And it was horrible to see. But I knew that it was for a short term. And it wasn't going to be the rest of his life. And so I continued to be with him and really be coaxing him and reminding him of really who he is and how proud I was of him. And he continued to really toe the line, and the doctors are thrilled 
with how he managed and what the outcome of this surgery was. I mean, this was a this was a death knell. My husband's not, you know, 40 or something. And so this is, I really got to see him, even though he was afraid in some ways, because it's very scary. But he really took it on. And so he really was showing this idea that we've been talking about probably since I've been on the radio since 1990, about being your own best version. And that's what I saw my husband do for his daughter, for our son-in-law, who had been so helpful, for my mother, who thinks that he's her son as well. And so he really took the responsibility of saying, this can't necessarily just all be about me. I've got people that love me, that depend on me, that want me to be around. So no matter how painful it is, he set his mind. He was going to come out of it alive and healthier. And he did. And this was remarkable for me to watch this because I have seen him over the years be so compromised with pain and and in agony and all kinds of things, not understanding why his body was doing it. Well, now we know. And so when you think about really the art of adulting, right? Being what adults are like. So he didn't, you know, whine. He didn't complain. He didn't do any of those things. He just set his mind on the goal. And he knew that this had to happen if he were going to make it to the next day and have, be, have time with his kids, have time with grandkids when they come and have time with me. And so he really focused on what adults do. So with counseling, coaching, consulting, you know, it's, it's simply working on figuring out my own life, right? And it helps us gain the understanding of the human condition. And so these experiences have also and will sharpen our ability to, di- to identify and understand your own internal world. Now, I know my own internal world. I don't always believe everything my internal world tells me. But I do know my internal world, those thoughts, those perceptions, choices, paradigms, memories, experiences that have effect, you know, and affected your external world. And then you have your internal world, which then determines and often creates behaviors and attitudes and circumstances that can and do have a far reaching effect on productivity, quality of life and healthy relational processes. See, my hope when I do this show and when I meet with clients in my office, my hope is that it will inspire and motivate you to really be your own best version. Not the version someone else wants you to be, not the version you are wishing you could be, but accepting who you are and recognizing that you are a one-time occurring person. Nobody gets to copy you. They may want to copy some of the ways you think, maybe the way you act, but you are unique completely. And when you recognize that every single human is unique, and and I've talked to you before on this show, when I was um, putting together a show on the uniqueness of people and, you know, all of this, and I was really excited about what I was, you know, writing and what I was coming up with. And all of a sudden, I was thinking to myself, Uh uh-oh, what about identical twins? 
it kind of ruined my whole entire premise of the, you know, the uniqueness of all humans until I did a little research and I found out the cutest, most, I mean, just lovely information when I was trying to figure out identical twins. And I realized that, uh-oh, identical twins. Wow. Well, I found out that identical twins do not have identical fingerprints. And that was fascinating. So I, I researched more. And what I found was that if there are, there are you know, identical twins in the womb, one of the, the ways that, that we get, you know, fingerprints on our, on, our, on our fingers is by pushing on the uterine wall while they are in utero. So when the mom, when the mommy feels those babies pushing against that wall, that's when a fingerprint is made. So identical twins can be identical in all kinds of ways, but not identical fingerprints. So think about that. You're a one-time occurring person. And so I want you to really take hold of this. And I want you to understand that when God thought you up, he was really excited. He was excited about you. And that it was an original design, and it will always be an original design. And he wants you to be the best version of you, not copy somebody else, even though it's fine to learn from people and, and take different things that help us. But you want to find out who you are, who you truly are. And that original design will always be the best version of you and the one which brings God the most joy and allows him to change and heal the world through you in the most effective and unique manner. See, nobody can really copy the experience someone has from you. We can copy some of the actions and the words and stances and things like that, but we all have that fingerprint. When we touch our world, that makes a difference. So we want it, obviously, to be positive. So I want you to think about, only you can do your own calling, your own distinct imprint on the world. And so when we're working on this, we want to say to ourselves, why, why am I struggling with me? Why am I feeling like I, I just want to unzip myself and get out? I don't like myself. And one of the things I work with when I, when I work with people about this is I remind them that nobody can succeed like they can and nobody can mess up like they can. It's unique. So you get to choose how you represent yourself to you, to your friends, to your family, coworkers, the world. You get to choose how you reveal yourself to the world. And so when we're working on this, I want you to realize that I learned some very basic and core truths, which continue to really stand the test of time. And these I have found apply to everyone, everywhere, and I'm going to elaborate on three of them. And we're going to kind of go through them. Now, if you've listened to the show for a couple of years, this is going to be helpful for you. We're going we're gonna to reinsert this and reinstate this. So the first one is that you are going to actually accept and believe that you're alive for a reason. That God created you with purpose, weaving it into your very creation. Nobody can steal it from you. Nobody can ruin it from you unless you allow it. 
So the second one is you can affect change in yourself and in the world around you. Now, that's not, that's not like rocket science. You know that you get affected by other people, and it's either positive or negative, or it's nothing. So this is where we want to remind ourselves that pain is inevitable. And the effective management of it is imperative if you are to be who you were originally created to be. See, it's one thing to, to like pick up on certain things that people do and say, hey, I'm going to add that to me. And, and I, I re- recommend, I say to my clients, that's an add-on. We're allowed to do add-ons. But we're not allowed to forsake ourselves. And so this is why you have to recognize it's imperative. If you are going to be who you were originally created to be, you need to know the first and most fundamental core truth. And we'll start with that in the next segment. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in a, little, in a couple minutes. Well, welcome to Cynthia Hyatt, Conversations with Cynthia. And I'm so glad that you're joining in with me today. And I have lots to talk to you about today. And the first thing that we were talking about in that, just that first segment was the idea that you're, you are alive for a reason. See, we don't get to choose when we are born. We do get to choose when we die. But we don't get to choose when we're born. And so there's a specific reason for you to be placed on this planet and to be able to affect the world in only the way that you can. And so what we want to think about is, wow, I don't have to worry about everybody being better than me or me being better than them. See, I I tell my clients all the time, you can't mess up like I can and you can't succeed like I can. And when I really got a hold of that and realized, I'm not competing with anyone but myself. And so I want you to remind yourself that you're alive for a reason. You didn't just, it wasn't just happenstance that you were born. And in, in one of the shows that we've done, I talked about my adoption and that I used to say to God, so I just snuck on the planet. You didn't really plan for me. And I learned that he has a lot of ways of doing his work. And so I also want you to think about the fact that whether or not you know it, you affect change in yourself and the world around you. People are affected by you either positively or negatively simply because you showed up. So we get to choose how close to the version of ourself we are. Am I honoring who I truly am? And this is why this is so important, that you really learn this one fundamental core truth. And that is that you are alive for a reason. Your life is not an issue of happenstance. And see, that was really important when God told me that. Because, you know, I kind of felt like all the time I snuck on the planet and I had to prove to the world why I was allowed to be here because nobody planned me or necessarily wanted me. And so when I really worked through that with God and I got that idea when he says, this isn't happenstance. You think that you snuck on the planet and I didn't know it? I decided to create you and I'm glad I did. And so then he says to me, so... Now you're here, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about being alive? See, you will either be surviving or thriving. Now I choose to thrive. There have been many times in my life that I was just simply surviving. 
But the harder I work, and not like, you know, out of my mind working, but really take seriously that nobody can mess up like me and nobody can succeed like me. So there is meaning and purpose for me being here. And I'm not going to weigh and measure what I've done or not done against other people. They're different than me. Even if we're both women or both men, or even if we are a certain nationality, we can have similarities. But even in the similarities, I'm going to be unique. So whether or not you believe it or feel it, your presence really matters. I mean, think about if you go to a party and there's somebody that's like really in a bad mood and they won't look at anybody. They're just sulking over in the corner. You know, they don't want to talk to anybody. And it's like you want to say to them, why are you even here? Right. Well, they affect us. It may be negatively, but they've affected us. So we live in this world that's extremely interconnected and very highly complicated. And I want you to think about what kind of effect um, am I having? What kind of effect do I have on others? See, are you one of those people that leave others maybe feeling replenished or renewed, reinforced? Or are you the person that leaves people, you know, needing to be repaired and restored? You know, but why is this so important? Well, I believe if you are being the best version of yourself, you will add, not detract from others and the world around you, even if you make mistakes. I have made so many mistakes in my life. But this is why God is always giving me an undo and a redo. I get to redo things. As long as I don't get all caught up in my own ego and humble myself enough to say, I, I need to redo that. I don't like how I said that. I don't like how that came across. I don't like where it's going. So what is the best version of you? So whether you're a parent, an employee, an executive, a spouse, a friend, second most important question is what's holding you back from being your own best version? See, this is where the concept of you knowing how to manage your own life. And this is what we're supposed to be teaching children so that when they grow up, they're not having to learn that. They're actually able to assimilate. They're actually able to create and to, to do why they, are, why they were planned and why God put them on this planet. So when you understand that you need to, to manage your own life, you need to be the person that's managing it. And I want you to be the best version of truly who you are. And in whatever role you're operating within, I mean, regardless of your age or your position or your season in life, you know, I'm not just trying to, like, be a cheerleader, you know, and pumping you up. I'm, but I'm telling you the truth. See, Jesus lost his life, gave up his life to be with you. Think about that. He gave up his life to be with you. And the enemy wants you to feel like you have to prove your worth somehow. That instead of walking out your worth and value, you have to prove everything. And this is really important for us to recognize. That we have to make sure that we show up in our own life. And that we're not constantly comparing and contrasting ourselves to other people. On TV, on movies, at work, your family. You have to remind yourself... You know, nobody can mess up like me and nobody can succeed like me. And that helps me. 
because it gives me some maneuverability so that I don't have to feel like I need to be perfect all the time. So trust me, dysfunction is, is never original, nor is it creative. So it's pretty predictable and pretty common. So it, it steals from what is the original design is actually what it does. So I want you to be able to overcome your past so that you can really become the future of you, who you were intended to be. So if you're living in the past, if you're lamenting over your past mistakes, missed opportunities, you know, dwelling in shame, running away, whatever it is, you're not going to be able to achieve your best future. And secondly, if you are one of the fortunate individuals whose past is filled with success and happiness, right, your best version still needs to be continually updated, revised and refined. Otherwise, your past may be brilliant, but it won't be new. So this is why I keep pounding on this for, any, for lack of a better word. This is so important that we're understanding, accepting, and believing that this core truth is imperative for you to be who you were originally designed to be, for you to be the person that you actually like, that you don't want to, you know, I used to tell people I wanted to unzip myself and get out. I just did not want to be me. And God has really helped me with that in, through this process. So this is what we want to think about. You are alive for a reason. Your life is not an issue of happenstance. And you are uniquely designed for this time and place. And life matters. And you do affect the world in which you live. Join me in the next segment. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for joining in. And thank you also for sharing this, this show with your friends and with your family. I really appreciate it. And I want to keep talking about this idea of being your own best version. And that statement came to me probably 20 years ago. And it was revolutionizing for me because I thought, wow, be my own best version, just being the best version of me, not copying, not competing, not any of those things, just competing, copying in my, within myself so that I could be the person I was originally created to be. But I had to come to terms with the fact that God did not consult me when he made me. And at this age, I'm very thankful that he did not consult me because it probably would have been a mess but I'm thankful that he thought of me and wanted to create a Cynthia and that he's wanting me to enjoy who I am as well and to really be the best version of me. See, what, what does this really mean though? If I don't understand this concept, I'm going to just survive my life. See, people, places, things, everything's going to affect me. I'm going to be trying to control everything and I'll go through life hoping that it treats me kindly or hoping I'm successful, hoping that my relationships work out and I will depend on luck and my life will be happenstance. So 
an adopted version of what St. Thomas Akempis wrote 600 years ago is this famous quote I'm sure you've heard. Everywhere you go, there you are. Just think about that for a minute. Everywhere you go, there you are. So if I understand the power of effect, then I begin to realize that I choose, consciously or unconsciously, whether I will live a life proactively affecting the world or live a life reacting to the effect coming at me. You know, you've heard the axiom, if you don't like what you're getting, stop doing what you're doing. Well, then truthfully, it's an internal job. It's about me. It's not about the outside world. It's not about other people. It's not about brothers, sisters, old boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, grandparents, parents. It's not about that. It's about you. And the change emanates from within you. So this is the only place, really, that you can control. That is the way I think, how I think, and what I think on. And so in the, the famous author of a Proverbs it tells us that for as a man thinketh within, so he is. And I love that Bible verse. Because you have to understand that we're made in God's image. And one of the ways that God operates is through thinking. He thinks something up and he creates it. It's, cra it's crazy. So this is what I want you to think about. There's a ripple effect and it ripples out, not in. See, by nature, we want to go outside of ourselves, attempting to change the external world. And we think and we hope that th this will cause the change, you know, that I've been desiring internally. Not realizing that the surest way to change my external world is to start with my internal world. If my internal world is in order, I can manage the disorder and the chaos of the external world much more kindly and, and graciously. I repeat to my clients and myself, if the internal doesn't work, the external won't work. I'm going to tell you that again. If the internal doesn't work, the external won't work. It's truly an inside job. So maybe I need to change what I'm doing. Maybe I don't need to understand how I am affecting my external world. Maybe if I live my life trying to control people, places, and things, I'm going to fail. If I want to affect change in people, places, things, then the change has to come from within me. This then manifests in subsequent behaviors and attitudes, and your life is changed from the inside out. See, the greatest way to change your external world is to change your internal world. And think about this. I cannot create outside myself what is not within me. Think about that. I can't create outside of myself what is not within me. So I take this change wherever I go because it will be in me. It will not be somewhere outside of me, in some other person or something waiting to be found. This is why it's so important that you recognize everything you're seeing outside of yourself. You have to determine how important that is to the inside world that you live in and how much you're going to focus on it, whether or not you need to make a change. So too often we have leaders and parents and friends that focus all on the external circumstances. Well, 
that's kind of the only place they can. They're not inside of you. So I want you to join me in this next segment as we talk more about how to respond to people, places, and things around us. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you so much for listening in. And I really do appreciate that you share this with your friends and family. And I'm hoping that as you do that, you will continue to change and be able to be the best version of you. Not the version somebody else wants, not the version maybe that you dream of, but the one that the creator had in mind when he created you. And so that is a, that is a struggle. I, I have to tell you, I, I struggled with that because I had a vision of who I wanted to be and who I was working toward being. And I had to kind of find out that that wasn't all what God was in. <laughs> so I had to readjust a lot of my thinking. And I had to kind of get over myself because, you know, I wanted things that were not available. And, and so I had to come to terms with who I am. And I had to get to the place that I could say, you know, if God's happy with me, I need to learn how to be happy with me. And so logically, we know that to efficiently achieve a set of desired results, the key is to wisely use all the resources available, right? So when it comes to influencing change, we immediately look to the external world, not realizing that truly effective and long-lasting changes are those which are internal. This is to say, the fastest, most effective, and most efficient way to influence change is again to change my internal world. How I think, how I feel, what I assume, what I am willing to accept without thinking, and maybe I need to go back and rethink it, but we have to be really recognizing that we're at the helm here. We're the one driving the, driving the ship, driving the boat, driving the car. <laughs> Maybe that's what I want to say. And so our words and actions are important. In fact, your words you know, alone can affect the decisions and behaviors of others. I'm sure you have seen this in your life. Your actions, too, can affect the perceptions, the notions, the pre, uh, pre, presuppositions of those around you. Yes, you have a responsibility to the world around you. Whether you are a CEO, a company, a parent, a pastor, a friend, an employee, a retired person, whatever it is, you have to realize the impact you have and know and accept the fact that you were born for a reason and you need to do it well. And this is a big issue for me because of um, being adopted. That, that when God was like, so you were born for a reason. I'm like, born for a reason? I slipped on the planet. <laughs> Nobody planned me. Nobody was thinking about me and hoping to have me. I just was happenstance. And it took me a while to, to really understand that that had nothing to do with my worth or value. Nothing. My worth and value is given to me by God. And I don't have to have everything line up so that I can feel valuable. Because I do affect the world around me and I can choose to create positive changes within myself, which exponentially increase the, propen the propensity for a positive change. And that positive change to occur in the world around me. 
not just out there somewhere. And lastly, as we talk about this, I want you to remember this very important basic core truth, that pain is inevitable. And when you effectively manage it, then you will be closer and better able to become who you were originally created to be. See, our, our eternal internal world is filled with wonderful qualities, as well as past hurts and failures and embarrassments and our own weaknesses. And many times our weaknesses have brought us pain and anguish, embarrassment, regret. So if you are a truly unique, quote unquote, occurring only one time individual, then just as your strengths, talents, and destiny is unique and only occurring one time, so are your weaknesses, your failures, your missed opportunities. They're just as unique. See, it's not something that we throw away. This is something that helps us understand who we are. Now, my philosophy is somewhat different in that I believe the whole person must be managed. In other words, both my strengths and my weaknesses must have time spent on them in order to be well-balanced and a congruent individual. Again, being my own best version. So the more you understand and accept and work on your weaknesses and vulnerabilities, the better able you will be to mitigate the effect they have on your strengths. So we spend an inordinate amount of time on our strengths and we do not learn how to protect how to cover and support our weaknesses. And, and I have found that individuals who are not afraid or ashamed of their weaknesses are far more effective, far more authentic, far less mistake-making than those who are afraid and ashamed of them. See, some of our weaknesses can be incredibly life-giving and can add pleasure and happiness to our lives and are often endearing to those that love us. See, my, my husband and my family and friends, they, they, now, they, they understand that I don't tell time very well. <laughs> it's been like that since I was a kid. I look at the clock. I can say it's 10 o'clock, but somehow it doesn't mean anything to me. And so, you know, that just comes with the package. So some of our weaknesses, like I said, can be incredibly life-giving. It adds pleasure and happiness to our lives and often endearing to those that love us. So my husband might say to me now, what's the time that we're leaving, right? Because <laughs> I'm somehow, sometimes, you know, my parents used to say, your head is always in the clouds. And that used to feel horrible to me until I really grew up and started to understand these things. It wasn't that my, my, my husband or my, my friends and family hate that quality. It's that they don't want me to be hurt in the midst of it. And so that's part of really reinventing how we think, and so both strengths and weaknesses need to be managed in order to be my best version. And what we find very quickly in life is that the absence of pain obviously is not possible. And when we're living in this imperfect world with imperfect people, why would we be naive and think there's no pain? The goal is not the initial alleviation of pain, but the acceptance of it, the management of it, the growth that comes from dealing with it. So what I know is that I can either have pain in vain or pain for gain, but I can't have no pain. That's not possible in this fallen world. 
So remind yourself, I can either have pain in vain, which means that I'm taking that painful experience and learning from it and getting something out of it so I can have pain for gain, or I, can, I, 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 I can't have no pain. So it's either going to be pain that I am working on me and feeling better about me and knowing that I'm accomplishing some new things, or I'm going to turn around and hate myself because of the fact that I'm not measuring up to myself, to other people, whatever it is. And instead of really taking stock of who I am and what is natural, what is normal for me, and what I may have to like kind of add on to myself because it wasn't necessarily given to me in the birthing process. So I might have to practice some things that feel uncomfortable to me. But I want you to remember, I can either have pain in vain or pain for gain, but I can't have no pain. So it's thinking about the fact that avoiding pain only brings more of it, causes me to, to live as a victim in my own circumstances and myself and eventually becoming a victim to my own internal world. And I don't know if you've known people like this, but all they're doing inside of their head is comparing and contrasting and knocking themselves down and reminding themselves all the stupid things they've done. And they can't even be in a conversation with you because they're so transfixed on all of that negativity. So if I allow pain to become wisdom and maturity versus cynicism or bitterness or jading, then the wisdom and the maturity that comes from managing pain inevitably leads to the success and the well-being that I desire in very, you know, different areas that might even have caused me pain. So I frequently remind myself and others, if there's anything good in a person, pain will find it out. And unfortunately, humans need to learn from their mistakes. So overcoming of adversity and finding out that you had more substance in you than you ever thought is one of the greatest gifts that pain offers. If we will learn from pain and use it as a way to become deeper, more substantive, more authentic, more compassionate people, not only to ourselves, but to the world around us, then, wow, we can then become more creative and more merciful, more empowered. We can become stronger individuals. And so we are now greater than the pain itself. So remember, you can have pain in vain or pain for gain but you can never have no pain. So it either makes you weaker or it makes you stronger. And so this is where those are the options that we have. So understanding and implementing these three basic core truths enables me to continue focusing myself on how to be my own best version, how I compete with me in all arenas of my life, in every life stage and in every and all season. If I'm being the best version of me in all these arenas of my life, then the relationships I'm in, the organization I work within, the team I'm a part of, and the church I attend and or serve in will be better because I bring the best of me versus all those arenas being stressed and strained because of me. So as we think about this, I really want you to commit to claiming you. And if you have hard feelings towards yourself, I want you to work on forgiveness and recognizing that you're a mistake-making person, whether you like it or not. The only perfect person was Jesus Christ. And so we have to be realistic so that we're not creating so much 
heartache inside of ourselves because we feel so like we let everything down and we never do it good enough and we're never right and all these things. I want you to really flip this upside down and say, wait a minute, I'm still here. I'm still doing things. I can't be that bad. And so I want you to be realistic and say, you know, I must, I I need to be allowed to make mistakes. I need to be allowed to learn from mistakes. And unfortunately, the only real way mammals learn, red-blooded mammals, is by making mistakes. I wish we could just learn by someone telling us, but the best way we learn is through mistakes. So I'm not saying to go out and consciously make a mistake, but don't hate yourself for the mistake. Take it, learn from it, move on. It's not defining you. It hasn't revealed to you some terrible dark place in your life that you're not a good person. This is just the, the world that we live in. I want you to be compassionate to yourself. I want you to be compassionate to others. I'm not saying that people that are just sloppy, that I'm saying that, wow, you know, most of the people you work with would really like to feel better about themselves. So why don't we just help that happen? And we major in the majors and not in the minors. And we be gracious to ourselves, to our coworkers, to our friends, our kids, our pets, right? And the stranger that just really ticked you off. So I'm so glad that you joined me today. And I really want you to take a lot of these concepts and work with them and implant them within your heart and your mind. And I look forward so much to talking again with you next week. Have a great week and please be kind to yourself. Start to look at yourself with some interest and have a great rest of your week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be my